What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Medical! Hey, become you're not moving back to – you don't have a place in Philly you can rent to Bryce? No, but I, uh, I, I've i become an unofficial Philly fan again <laughs> for the Phillies. Uh, and the Eagles. Come on, you're already an Eagles fan. Sixers uh, fan. Yeah, I'm not the biggest. Carson's – the whole Foles thing. Not, oh. I'm not anti-Carson anymore. I'm still – because I liked him when it wasn't sexy to like him. Remember when people were kind of ripping him that rookie year? Yeah. And then everyone liked him the second year. Now I don't know where I quite stand on him. I'm I'm gonna need a couple months to really kind of come into my own. I feel like I'm right there with you. We tend to, you know, I I went so far once as to like Jay Cutler just out of spite. That was a little extreme, but um, you know, I, it was there were times like Derek Carr's rookie year. I think we felt that way. Like everyone was like hey, it's yards per attempt. It's like yeah, it's pretty good for a rookie. He's fine. And uh, with Andrew Luck, there's always been this thing where it's like, how do you? There are be still enough, there, but there are still enough people on Andrew Luck that it's easy. Yes. You know, so I, I don't quite know where I, I'm probably as torn on Carson this off season as as any good young player in sports. Hmm. That's you I know I haven't thought about that list, but I like that. Are because, you anti LeBron? Uh, anti? I'm not anti. I mean, but is he wearing you out? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, of course. But like Carson's not doing. Here's the thing with Carson: is Carson, I, I this is what happens with Carson. I think John, and I think this will happen with you. If he's healthy, he's going to be a really good player, and you're going to start. You're not going to be as torn anymore. Well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, if you're really good, so LeBron wears me out, but when he's really on, I still love watching him. There is no disputing. He's the second best basketball player I've ever seen with my own eyes. And when he's kicking ass, there's still nothing quite like it. So it just I, I come around when you kick ass and take names. You know, yeah, like Ease, John, like Ease, Ease, the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in the state of California. You just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes, and off you go. Then, it, then it's a matter of seconds before you're taking a photo of your uh, Ease order and DMing it to us on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. We, we love it. Uh, you, we, uh, 
we really want you to tell all your friends and continue to use it. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Best deals. We got pre-rolls. We got vapes. We got edibles. We got topicals. For those people who get a little arthritis, makes you feel better. Oh, the arthritis. But, but here's the key, guy. Uh, your first purchase, you get $20 off your order. And if you order over $50, and we all know if you just go to ease.com and kind of shop around, that is easy to do. You get this thing called, I don't know, a free delivery. I love a good free delivery. You can't beat that. Again, ease.com has the best topicals, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, you name it. Promo code HAM. Nailed it. Very easy. E-A-Z-E.com. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. If you've already had your first delivery, we appreciate it. Tell your friends so they can get the 20 bucks off their first delivery. Um, all right. It is the combine's going on. Bryce is going on. It's been a you know what, John, for uh late late February, early March, it's been a good sports week actually it turned into. Jason Witten. Witten's gone, but he's back with the Cowboys. That uh, that that was pretty wild. <laughs> is that the wildest you know? thing that's happened this week? The most I unexpected? do because Yeah, because you know, if Harper would have been like, Oh my the Bryce Harper just signed with the Texas Rangers. He was gonna sign with one of three teams. So it was a little eye-opening when he ended up signing with the Phillies. To me, the deal was more eye-opening than him signing. But Jason Witten returning to play, I thought was fucking nuts. Yeah, because he be... wasn't just a broadcaster guy. He was the Monday Night Football broadcaster. <laughs> and it'd be a wild story. We could just start with this. It'd be a wild story if it was just uh, Jason Witten, cowboy. They tried to do the, 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 uh, the Romo thing. It didn't work, and he's been let go. He will not be back for Monday Night Football. That would have been a big story this week. That's yes. a big story. But he's back in, like, his media effect is a, a far second to the Dallas Cowboys just got a tight end who just took a year off. Like, I, like can he, one year and whatever, 3.25 million, whatever it was. Is he still good? Can he play? Like, the guy well, that he, I saw he last was, he, he wasn't that good as last year because he can't really run anymore. He didn't get faster. In his time away from football. But maybe he got, is it possible he got a little healthier? Yeah, a little quicker. I just went to his NFL.com or pro football reference page. His last season, he had 63 catches, but he averages less than nine yards a catch. But he had five touchdowns. To me, if you add Jason Witten, 50 catches, 450 yards, and five touchdowns to this team, they're in pretty good shape. And when you look at the Cowboys... They are not some older veteran like New England Patriot Philadelphia Eagles team. Think of all their players. Their core guys are all young. I mean, their star pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence, has been in the league like five years. Amari's 24. Dax, 25, 26. Zeke's 24. These guys, to me, may be paying him, I would say, and you got to be careful with doing this, but it almost feels a little more intangible leadership he had a fucking hell of a career guy, just looking at his stats. From year one, 35 catches as a rookie, and then just 87, 66, 64, 96, 81, 94, 94, 79, 110, 73, 64, 77, 69, 63. This guy's a producer. So, John, tell me again how many catches he had in 2017? 63. So last year, that would have been eighth among NFL tight ends and receptions. And the five touchdowns. The five touchdowns would have been uh, tied for seventh among NFL tight ends. He's 
Yeah, I mean, so if he can, to me, if he can give them. George Kittle had five touchdowns last year. If you had to go over under 49 and a half catches, what would you say? George Kittle also had 1,400 yards. Um, Well, yeah, Jason Witten's not a run after the catch guy. No, that's right. Kittle. He's a a zone sitter. Go down. You know, I I might go under, but is that, is 45 catches bad? I mean, now that Amari's, Amari's on the team now. Uh, if it's to me, the, t- what you said is the key and the goal line is he, a, is he, a, is he an option? Can you get your five touchdowns and just enough catches that you just got to know he's there? Um, I, I don't, here's, here's a question. If, if, um, if Jason went and said, I'm leaving the booth, like the news this week was Jason saying, I'm leaving the booth. And we could be like, well, was that the ESPN tell him to or whatever? But let's just say he said, I'm leaving the booth. I'm coming back. Would the Cowboys be the only team interested? Yes. Because it feels like that's the only team he'd come uh, back to. But I, what... I, I, I would say I think he got $5 million up to five and three and a half guaranteed. I, I don't think any team in the NFL would have signed him for more than a veteran minimum. But would somebody have, would people have brought him into camp? If he just said, I want to come back, it's not about money. I just feel like yeah, I'm saying Yeah, I'm saying people would have signed him for the veteran yeah. minimum. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I, I, I do think the biggest red flag on this, my, my theory – is that ESPN was going to fire or resign him. And he's such a prideful guy that he struggled with that and kind of Jerry threw him a lifeline. Slash, I, I do believe somewhat that the fire was still burning. He, in his quote of the press release guy, this was, he said, unprovoked, this was not a press conference, so no one's asking him. He put this on paper. This was completely my decision, and ESPN definitely didn't force me out. <laughs> you yeah, don't all see that, right, guy? No, that's yeah, it's getting out ahead always, of it. <laughs> I, I, I don't. My theory that he was fired, just based on that Monday Night Football last year, was because the games actually were better. But he, and in fairness to him, he was putting in a situation that probably wasn't going to have that much success. Then he just he wasn't really a natural extrovert, just kind of having a good time. And it was just it just didn't work. No, look, I think I agree. It was not the level of what you would want a Monday night uh, analyst to be, given the spotlight. It was, a big, it was a big drop off from Gruden to him. There's no doubt, and I think you said it, and you're right. It's such a tough spot for him to be in with without any experience. It's just really hard. It's just like anything. Do two years, two years of experience does. A, a world of difference. Like John Middlecoff, your day one as on a radio show was way better. Day seven hundred, year two. It's just, and it was good day one. But it's two years of anything is two years of something. You can be honest. I need a little work. You put out, but <laughs> no, you always need work. It was, it was good. It was good. More... It was good day one. But everyone needs work. You're right. You just you're gonna do something for two years. You're gonna be better at it year two. So that said, I did think it got a little. I thought the narrative became a little strong and like, he's terrible. Like I, I didn't think he was, but it was just, is this what Monday night football should, should Monday night football have somebody either better or more experienced or more dynamic or whatever? Yes. Yes. And would he be that in two years? I don't know, but he's not that right now. So fine. See what I, I see. I, I'm going to have to disagree because it was clear. He sucked early. Right. So everyone on Twitter, including myself, you, whoever, it was easy to be like, God, no, this guy no. But again, like, to me, there's a, I don't think he sucked. I thought he wasn't ready for it. But like sucked is sucked to me is if you had put him on 
uh, a Thursday night college football game, would everyone have gone, this is awful? Like, no, I don't think anyone would have noticed. Well, people don't really watch. But, but know, my point is, would the people that were watching, were the people that were watching Louisville, you know, on a Thursday okay, night? Okay, okay, let that's, me. That's let, right. That's where I draw the line on sucked. Okay, let me rephrase my comments. Sucked from Monday Night Football levels. You know, sucked for what's expected of that broadcast. Yeah, I don't like sucked. I, I just don't – because to me it's either – either if you suck, you suck. I thought he just – that was not – he was not ready for that. That's how I like this. You say it however you want to say it. But to me, sucked means that any broadcast you would have been on, people would have said, this well, guy can't be on TV right now. Well, if we're going broadcast or nitty-gritty, if you're the analyst and you can just articulate and just talk, which he can just speak – it's it's going to be impossible to fully suck, right? Because even uh, if not smooth in personality, no, how I don't. Do you, but anyway, you don't I'm, think so? I'm just, uh, I no, I think it's possible to suck. But I'm I'm distracting from I'm getting. Well, so ultimately, my point is, I would have loved to kind of pull your Jay Cutler, Tony Romo, and come back around week eight and be like, and just go against the masses. It's just a natural move that I make, but I couldn't do it because he was so bad. And if I know that as a viewer and a consumer, and listen, you, me, most people that listen to this podcast, we are not really what they're shooting for because I'm going to watch no matter what. But what John Gruden and John Madden, I think ultimately that's what they want. You know, in the, I think the Buck Aikman, they have that now, Fox, the Thursday night game. You know, I wouldn't put Chris Collinsworth in that category, but he's next to Al, and Al is that level. So it's kind of unique. That that's what I, – I can't do Joe Tessitore and Jason Witten, and, and I do think that ESPN had to have some conversations. Not that the, I would say the NFL was pressuring him because Jerry's so powerful, Jerry loves him, that he wouldn't – he'd fight for him. But I do think the executives would be like, this is terrible. Yeah, well, I think part of it too is like, do we feel like is, is this person going to get there and how do we get him there and it, and – now, is this even a workable situation where is it possible to get there to kind of have your time in the lab when everybody's watching every move? Is that even that, – that, that's a tough lab to be in you, now that this I, is where it is, where Twitter just every time he says anything, it's like, oh, this is awful. That's a tough position. Even for a guy who's dealt with the spotlight, that's just a tough spot to be in. So that would have been part of that evaluation, right? Is like if he's going to get there, is he going to get there doing Monday Night Football all the time? Yeah, I mean, um, can you can you imagine if the if the first big game you had ever called instead of it being, you know, like a college World Series softball game or something had been an NFL game, right? On, you know, right? That yeah. you would have been you would have been so nervous you, it would have been hard to be good. You need us, I believe. You need a space to make mistakes. You know, like if and, I if uh, I told you if I told that. you, thirty three year old guy Haberman gets week one of the NFL, you're going to call a game. Next year, but let's just say it's you know it's just it's a game on Fox, you know uh, Minnesota, I don't know Washington Redskins or whatever. How nervous would you be for that game at this point in time in your career, having called hundreds of games? I'd be nervous for it, but I'd feel I do feel like I'd be ready for it. Um, seven years ago, I would have thought I was ready for it too, and I wouldn't have been. You like, know? would you? But like your nervous level. Do you think once the light went on, you would just be like you were calling any game? Uh, I th- I think once I got through the open, I'd feel like that. Yeah. So maybe not any. Me, well, not any game. Like I think I'd still look down. But yeah, I, I mean I it's do, an NFL game. I'm but you know what I'm saying. I'm confident <clears throat> that I would be ready for that today. But 
but yeah, I mean, it's because like, I've I've watched a bunch of games and be like, God, I'm glad no one saw that, you know. But but and you just you talk about this shit for a living, so just the the way your mind works, you know, it, yeah. and it, let's just use the Minnesota thing. Your just natural ability to talk about Kirk Cousins or well, that's true. you know, uh, I don't know whoever's on the Redskins, Josh Norman or whoever. It's just a little easier than it would have been six or seven years ago. Yeah. On top of just your perfection at the craft, yeah. because I, I mean, a good example of if the first fucking real basketball game you'd ever called would have been the chance when you did the Warriors games, it would have been really hard. And yeah. I it just and it wouldn't have mattered if you had been a Syracuse grad or a Fresno State grad or whatever, like just because Jason Witten played in the game. And I think we see this all the time with just athletes and executives. I mean, I don't think in our lifetime they're never going to stop going down this well. But the majority of former players are terrible on that do television in, in in at least to me basketball and football. Like the NFL Network for the most part is unwatchable. If you think about it, who have been the best analysts on NFL Network? Like Mayock and DJ. <laughs> I mean, people that one fucking played quarterback at App State and the other guy it hadn't played in football since like the early '80s. And I, I think when you see at ESPN, look how fast Lewis wrote. Just because if you know your shit, I think people go, God, this guy's sharp. Now, if you're a player, and Jason Witten's kind of unique, I guess, but you can just throw up, oh, Dwight, there's Dwight Freeney. Or, and I'm, Dwight actually is not terrible. But Reggie Wayne or Ike Taylor, you just put these famous players, and most of them are bad. You see it in the NBA all the time. Like the players only, it's like, Jesus. You know one guy I'm pretty impressed with when I hear him talk? And he's pretty sharp. And I, I think Anthony. Well, he, I, he's always been, and that's why I got oh, his back. He got nailed with the tranny. But it's Jim Jackson, and the one thing Jim Jackson's got the last three or four years is they, you know, Fox has him do a lot of college games. He does NBA games. You can just tell he just he gets a little better. He's smart. He just likes basketball. He you just, know, you know, I think would bad. be, you know, I think would be great on my You have an opinion on Jim Jackson? Yeah, I think it is. Good. I was watching him in the studio last night. Um, but you know who I think would be great on Monday Night Football? You know, I'm not in the habit of throwing out names. It's Brady, Brady Quinn. I think Brady Quinn would be great. And I think initially people would say, Brady Quinn, he didn't. he's really a college guy. He's not an NFL guy in terms of, like, what he's known for. But I think that's not that, See, that, that's what I'm talking about, guy, is that that guy never gets the shot. And one guy I'll go to the map for, and I'm always impressed with this guy. Now he's cheesy, and he follows, you know, fucking on Instagram. You're like... But whenever he talks, you're like, this guy tries and he knows his shit is Jesse Palmer. And I think Brady's a lot like that, too. You're well, like, oh, this guy's so good looking and a failure. But you, you flip on the radio and you hear Brady. You're like, God, he can really speak. He clearly follows it along. He likes football. He's actually more relatable, I think, to the common guy. And I think Jesse is kind of like that, too. Jesse's probably on a different level. Jesse does a good job. And you know, who just, has, like to your example, who's Fox's number one college football guy? Joel Klatt. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Herb Street, Herb Street. No, I always believe like the, 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 the cream will rise, but it has to be given the chance. And, uh, but, but it's harder now to me in like in the pro sports for the cream to rise probably more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just because there's so many famous names that, and I was texting this to you the other day about NBA players. These NBA players the last 20 years have made more goddamn money than you can even imagine. I think you'd be shocked how many guys, if you looked up their contract status for their career that made like $150-$200 million, they're more broke than you think. Now, maybe not quote-unquote broke, but their lifestyles are really high and they don't have as much money saved up 
is you're like, oh, he's made $200 million. I bet he's got $50 million in the bank. I wouldn't be shocked if some of these guys had like seven. And they realize, God, it's, it's only going down. You know, and that's why they work in the media. Yeah. I also think you're like, you're 36. You're like, what am I going to do now? Well, the guys on TNT look like they have fun. Yeah, but those guys each make 10 million bucks. Right. So of well, that's the goal. Make a job for 10 million bucks. That's the goal. Even if I've got money in the bank, I'm like, well, if I could get a job that's 10 million, like, uh, let me do that because then I keep yeah. making 10 million. Yeah, who turns that down? Then my then my savings goes up. <laughs> right. Not Bryce Harper. Uh, 330. Which, you know, there was a time where it looked like he might get 280. And then once Machado got 300, it was it was ball game over. Uh, he was going to get paid. The, you know what's interesting about the Bryce thing, John, is that I think they, I mean, they 12 years, 330. 12 years, 13 years. 12 years uh, on the length of the contract. Right? Or was it 13? Uh, for who? Bryce. The Giants? No, no. Bryce Harper, the Phillies. Was yeah the thirteen years three hundred thirty yeah. million. I said twelve initially, but I knew it was thirteen. Um, the, the Giants offered twelve three ten. So the uh, uh, the thing is, I think it's an overpay, but I think that's the best possible place for him to to put together a Hall of Fame career, just based on the stadium. But man, I think you were right. Like it just in the end, did he really want to go there? Uh, now you sign a deal with no opt outs. You 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 are kind of saying I want to be here. But I was reading this article in the Washington Post yesterday of all the Philadelphia, like transcribing all the Philadelphia radio shows and the calls when they thought they weren't getting him and they were just crushing, crushing him, crushing him. Uh, it's just a wild environment. Yeah, I mean, I I, I personally was, <clears throat> I mean, offended might be strong, but it, it, I had the Giants back and saying, you know what, these last five or six years, They've really, really tried for all these guys. And and we know people that will tell you that they're faking it. And I've always supported, like, eh, I don't think they are. And because they're kind of sneaky cheap for being, you know, kind of viewed on the Phillies, Yankees. You see the Phillies in the last two years have spent like $510 million in free agency. Uh, the Red Sox, even the Dodgers, who will have no problem paying a guy to go away. Like the Giants, just, they won't do that. You know, they will ride out Hunter Pence to the end, Jeff Samarja, unless they could trade him. But if they're paying you, you're going to play. That their offer, and we talked a little bit before the podcast, depending on how you look at taxes and where you picked residence, like an, an offer on paper, and I think we struggle with this when we talk about these athletes because the number is so big. You're like, oh, he's making so much money. And for me, you, it probably wouldn't matter. Like I would rather be in California than Philly. I've lived in both, and it's clear which one uh, I prefer. But I, I, when you're talking that much money and the taxes here are so extreme, it's about net money. We deal with advertisers, and there's a big deal between a deal that's gross and net. So I can sign a $310 million deal, but when I factor in what I get of divorce, how much it costs to live, which what we – your dollar in the Bay Area and the Giants – They've been here since 1958. They have to understand that their number for a free agent. It's one thing if the guy's here. I've lived in California. I'm used to it. it people that come here are flabbergasted. Like, what? Hell, fuck, I, when you moved here to Fresno, you're like, geez, this is insane. It's fucking two and a half hours away. I, I, I live in Davis in downtown. Like, I remember when I got, when I moved in with Bobby to Pack Heights and my dad showed up. And he had just bought this place. I mean, his jaw hit the fucking floor. And that was six years ago, and he's made like – sh- he, I think he sold it. 
but it was a it was an incredible deal looking back. Now I think he ended up remodeling. I don't know if he made that much money, but I saw him the other day. He made some money on it. He, yeah, he, he. But if you walked in there, anyone in 2012, and I told you how much he paid, it was an eye-opening experience. And if you remember Jeff Samarja when he got traded to the A's, he was like, uh, he, he went to rent a place in downtown San Francisco, and he's like, "You want what, bro?" I think we've become accustomed, and I will beat this fucking drum till I'm put in the ground. It's not fair. It's borderline criminal. But Larry has to understand that. So when they leak out that they didn't get him, they're like, "Well, when you, you know, we would have had to offer more taxes." Yeah, that's on you, buddy. There's a reason Google, when they play again, it's all relative. That you can make 150 grand at Google in San Francisco or Silicon Valley, but that same job in Texas or Philly pays you 90. It's the same amount of money. Yeah, and I don't look, think we ever talk about that guy. No, we it talk is, about it all the time. And uh, to me, it's always a conversation, especially around them. It is. I mean, but if they put 310 down and they didn't want to go to 350 because that's what it was going to take to top 330 then I'm also okay with that. Like, 310 was an offer on paper. Now, if that means that, you know, there's a $12 million difference after taxes, but that doesn't factor in cost of living and all that, okay, then fine. And I, now I'm with you in this sense. Like, I don't think you can say, hey, you know, that's just, oh, oh, oh you know, shame on shame on our, this situation sucks because no one takes our money. But people do because they were second in payroll last year, and they're going to be top 10 this year. So someone is taking their money, and you do have to overpay. But, you know, I mean, you're not going to overpay by because to overpay on Philly, you were going to have to overpay your own number by 40 million dollars. And I don't ex- like I don't hold that against you if you're not. OK, let, to let, 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 let me use this analogy, because I think when we talk this much money, it's really hard for anyone. And it's fair because you you can easily justify like what is taxes, whatever I I know you say 12 to me when I've done the math and just kind of played around. Now, I get like. You get taxed on where you play. Yeah. What there was a couple of the um, it, uh, McCann, I think his name, the SI writer, yeah, the legal the guy. guy. He did a breakdown of like now it was based on a three hundred fifty million dollar, not a three hundred thirty million dollar offer. But the point was overall the difference if everyone offered the same would be twelve million dollars in in after taxes net state and local. I guess the way I'd put it, I didn't realize just... this by the way. In Washington D.C., you don't pay if you're not a resident. Like, he would have made a lot of money, a lot more in D.C. Than he would in Philly? Uh, if he, if if all the money was the same, not taking less money from D.C. But after gotcha. taxes, like, you have to be well, a permanent I, resident to pay the tax or something. Well, I would just look it around at the top income tax. The Philly's pretty low. It's like 3%. Now, they have some other costs, but here's so do we. Go, you, you live in San Francisco. Walk out and go get a chicken salad. How much does that bad boy cost? $16. So every every one of your dollars, net dollars, goes so much farther in these other cities. Also, and let's just use this, and this this is a lot of money analogy. So I'm this the common guy isn't related to this. Guy Haberman, up and coming broadcaster, lives in Minnesota, and you are about to go fucking big time. And two markets offer you a deal. One is or one's in Philly. And the others in San Francisco, and you're not you're not a West Coast, East Coast. You don't care. You're just going to go where the best market slash the best money. And in Philadelphia, this this kind of this analogy is not necessarily normal, but a million dollars they offer. And in San Francisco, they offer you nine hundred thousand dollars. You agree the million and the nine hundred is is 
you make way more money with a million. Like actual money in your pocket if you go to Philly than if you go to San Francisco. Net cash. I'm not talking on paper. I'm talking net cash. Right. So I, uh, but again, John, that's part of the deal. But until the lu- like, unless the luxury tax is going to reflect it, then I'm not asking them. I'll ask them to spend two ten instead of one eighty, maybe, but three fifty instead of three ten. Like that's a big jump. But but my, my my point is though, you can't cry foul because, and I support Boris on this one. He's greedy to me. You can call him quote unquote greedy if he's asking for numbers that no one's willing to touch. But if he goes, listen, Larry, I got 330 from the Phillies. To make this equal, not on paper, but in real fucking life, you got to go way over. The Giants can't call foul on that. And no, they kind of did but, the way they no, leaked but it. But what, but see, I don't care about what the reports were. Like, to me, the difference is, are they trying to get players or not? And the reflection of their salary, uh, their salary balance sheet says, yes, they've tried to get well they, they're, they're paying a lot of their own guys but they're pay, but that's much like that's real money like that's not not money but no one's ever disputed that they won't spend anything well, i, that's I what just I'm think sa- this- i'm just saying like i i don't i'm i don't like calling 310 like not an effort that's my point well see this is i'm not saying that they were they never would have paid him like they would have ultimately i guess if he would have said he was in but i also think that they knew and I don't necessarily blame him for this because on the most basic level, a 13-year-old fuck, a 13-year deal for any human in any business is absurd. That is insane. It's it's dumb. But it's the cost of doing business here. It's what you got to do. I, I heard Greg Poppy yesterday like, I, I would have gone three years and never gone above it. Well, it's like, Greg, then you might as well not fucking waste well, one the Dodgers per mile. Well, not that, but five or it, whatever. Yeah, but they also offered almost $50 million a year. Right, right. Like I, th- I would have done that too. But I don't know. If, would the Giants have done that? I hope, but I don't know. But like 3-1, you know, a 3-150 probably. See, the I respect the Dodgers offer much more than the way the Giants leaked it out in the sense that the Giants are, or the Dodgers, we're going to give you FU money, fifty, and then you're going to hit free agency again with an extra 150 and you'll be able to get another $300 million deal. And worst case scenario, we've paid you so much goddamn money that if your leg falls off tomorrow, you're in pretty good shape. But my thing with the Giants is they they gave an offer, and if they don't understand what Philly's doing, then to me that's kind of a reflection that they're a little, like, what are they doing here? But Philly's offer and, came up $30 million in 24 hours, according to the reports. The, the way I read Larry Bear, he did a long, like, Q&A, not a Q&A, just bags got him on the phone last night, and he gave him a lot of, my takeaway was more this was like he kind of wanted to see what Farhan was bringing to the table, almost like a test. And if they got – What was the Bryce, test, you think? Just to see the way he operates, the uh-huh. way he handles the room, the way he breaks it down. I mean just, just the first big moment for his new GM. He's like – I and he said in there, he's – you know, we'd been doing it forever with Brian and Bobby. Like he just knew – he didn't have to think about that. Yeah. If you think about it, like if you have a new business partner, your first big business meeting with him – it's kind of a feeling out process, not just with the new business, but with you and him. So I I, I don't know. I, I struggle with the whole thing because I, I feel I was a little duped and the Giants <laughs> didn't truly want him. And I, I Well, I don't think him. any GM truly wants him. I don't think any – not at these numbers. And that's why Scott does his deals with owners because owners are the guys with the money. And it turned out the guy that said they'd spend stupid money spent stupid money. Um, 
But I don't like I you know their G, their GM like I, like anything I think you're saying well as long as I don't get held accountable for this contract yeah it's your money you do whatever you want, um, and you know that's that's what they got they got three thirty, but like I guess my point ultimately John is if they put three ten on paper, they did put three ten on paper for twelve years. Somebody says yes to that that still might not be a good deal. I, but but I also think guy. You can make an offer to any human. Again, it's all relative, whatever the number is, knowing that you won't get a yes. Yeah, you can, I, I, I understand, but do you if you think Philly's offer is three hundred and you come in at for thirteen and you come in at twelve for three ten, do you know you're not getting a is that just like an automatic like this is a fake offer? And then yes. Philly comes up See, thirty me, million. You, they, they, they cried foul, guy, to the to their local what, guys. I don't care the what the writers wrote. I don't care about that. Like that's that, that, always that, been a thing. That's who they're talking to. And my thing is, but my, that I, I, what are your first, actions? Did you put three ten on paper in front of Bryce Harper? If you did, and that was as far as you're willing to go, and you did it knowing if anyone goes well, over three ten, Bag said that Larry said that it was it was verbal, or maybe well, it was Alec. But, but whatever, it wasn't. You know like, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, however, I mean, if you made if you said this is what we're willing to do. And you said it knowing, hey, if if they're willing to go above this, and they might be, that's fine. we got to let them go. That's still an offer. Well, my thing would be if they would just come out and say, and I think Farhan talks today. By the time you listen to this, he might have talked. But, again, I don't think necessarily he was driving this bus. I don't blame him. It was a Larry thing. And it was a, but I, I was for it that you just say, listen, we were going to offer him $300 million. It was a take it or leave it deal, kind of like the Dodgers. We're gonna give them, hey, we, we're giving you four years, one fifty, fucking take it or leave it. it. No, don't like, hey, if he doesn't turn, the taxes weren't equal. This is our offer, and it's just like that's the way business works. I, I get it. We'll walk away, but then to come out and kind of say the taxes that, that that the taxes thing drives me fucking up a wall. They've been here since nineteen fifty eight. No shit, be competitive. All the other companies. In this but fucking see, that's a little, because they are, but they are, John. They're, they were second in payroll last year, so it's not like they're not paying anybody. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just talking about not not the pay, not the luxury tax, just taxes in this area for players. Like you know now, and you've been in enough of these situations. How many five straight? Uh, Granky, Lester, uh, who am I missing? Otani, Stanton. Like they've been down this road that they know but Stan that Stan wasn't a free agent. That was a trade. No, no, he wasn't. That was about the ballpark and maybe the location. I don't so know. So I'll, I'll throw him like yeah, in Otani kind of too because he could DH. But I, I just, I don't know. They, they just, I, I know this. I mean, they overpaid on Zito. Whether they, over, they clearly fair, overpaid. Yeah, on. But, I mean, but that's what I'm saying, guy. I, I'm not a huge live in the past guy. That's '07. Like let's, you know, I. Think about this: the last, the first World Series they won in 2010, Eli Manning won a Super Bowl after that. So, like, I, I'm just, I'm just a live. But I, my point, John, no, my point is not. It's, it's not, John. It's not about living in the past. My point is that was a time that showed they understood what a market, what market they lived in. Okay, well, here, here was my issue, guy. And I agree because Larry Bear said that. Uh, let me find the quote. Did he because he because Bags asked him? Did you view this as a uh, a Barry Bonds type deal? And he said no. He he said his quote was, "We didn't need to make a statement with Barry. We did. We were getting crushed. We almost moved. We needed something." Um, and he he said, "You know, we got stars: Posey, Bumgarner, Crawford." I was like, "Oh, it's a little bit of a stretch." I think that he and I don't necessarily blame him for this because this is the world he lives in. 
is a little out of touch with, bro, you kind of needed a statement slash the way the sport, like you are going to be so second fiddle to the Warriors. And this, like you needed him. So if you had to quote unquote overpay, which if you're arguing they were willing to do, and I'm unsure now, like not that they weren't willing, but that they truly wanted to, that I, I think you misplayed it. Well, uh, I think maybe they're, I think they're willing just, to overpay to a point. Just, I'm just saying, like they paid Jeff Samarja more than anyone else was paying him. See, but to me, they've never had a problem that ninety number. The, the, they've had a problem with the big, big boys. But that's most people. Most people go, you know, there's a number here that just doesn't make any sense for us. Yeah, and I, and I do think the, with, Far- but again, not the big, big boys. I, but I, I do think I with Farhan, hold them to the Yankee standard. Yeah, I think with Farhan. Like what? What ultimately is good for your franchise is winning games in a way that doesn't hamstring your organization. Completely agree. That's why so, I don't think. That's why I don't think Farhan would have loved the idea of twelve years, three ten. Here was here was Larry's quote: "This Harper negotiation was an evaluation of a great player. I'm not so certain we needed to send this needed to send the same message, i.e., when they signed Barry Bonds. Yeah, and, well, that, and they, that was also I, they were, they were you know you got a new stadium coming. I get I get what you're saying." I don't think you're wrong um, to say that a star would help them. But I do think when you – because I think that was Boris's big sell uh, is part of this just intangible star value of Bryce Harper. And I do think ultimately it's good for a moment, but he's got to be a really good player too. And, again, I was in favor of him for the entertainment value. But he's yeah, be that's good, all I want. Because the count, the count. But he's got to be a good player too, or else that stuff fizzles really fast. The counter would be he doesn't sniff again relative to the money Barry got. Whatever Barry was a far superior player than Bryce Harper. Yeah. I, I think you could argue, and if you if I had every GM in baseball in my Rolodex and texted all thirty of them right now, if I asked them Harper or Machado, just not personal. But just yeah. as a player, right. how, what do you think the 20- I think it's all Machado, and I think it's the same way, obviously, with Trout, and I think it's the same way with Nolan Arenado. Um, Mookie Betts? Yeah, it wouldn't have been like that with Barry. It would have been an argument on everybody if you wanted to make it, you know, if you want to argue about Griffey or something. But Yeah, but, but okay, even if you're arguing Griffey, like Griffey and Barry are on a different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, No, no, right? I, I agree with you. You know, even Alex, when he got the 250 – if you Google his baseball reference now, again, it might have been juiced, but he was 51, 23, 15 I, ever here. Yeah, like I think the star aspect helps you if you can use it as a bridge. Like, all right, let's so, just get which him the for, Giants are good at. Let's get him for three years, 150, and hopefully by then we're good enough that whether we have him again or not doesn't matter. But he wasn't willing see, to do that, which see, I don't blame him for. No, and see, that's what makes Philly unique is that shit would hold around – longer here as long as he just hits some home runs we're in philly his star power will fizzle fizzle faster but he's also in a position to succeed faster so it'll help he's and he's in this position because of that ballpark to succeed longer doesn't it help too that unlike the giants now i don't know how much this truly matters but he's in a new division if he comes out west so you got to kind of learn the pitchers like in philly he's going to know everybody's playing right away and i also think the taxes and the ballpark when it comes to hitters, work together. The for the pitchers, you know, the ballpark's a plus. But for the play, for the for the guys that want to be Hall of Famers, I think part of what Scott Boris had to sell to Bryce was not just we're going to get paid the most here, but Bryce, 
your number I bet I guarantee Scott had a projection for Bryce what his numbers would look like in 13 years in Philadelphia versus what his numbers would look like in 13 years in San Francisco and that's also something that I don't you can't quantify it but works against you in addition to the pay gap right like it had to for Bryce if Bryce cares about being a Hall of Famer then that had to be a, another thing that you have to overpay for um now I think he would still hit I mean I he still hit bombs here but I think, I, think make he, a I think he hit. I think he hit forty. You would think, but you know, it's not really lately. It's not really what he's doing. Well, um, and that, that's the argument anti. Like, is Bryce the most overrated player we've seen in recent memory in free agency in any sport? Well, it's tough, right? Because the high ranking was real. Like he, his, the season he had, I guess three years ago, was just an incredible. Like that was what the all all time greats do. You know, so it's based on that year. It's just is he that guy anymore? Will he ever be that guy again? And I think there's a better chance that he can be that guy in Philly, but, man. Crazy. More pressure. Bryce in Philly or Jason Witten if he had come back for year two of Monday Night Football? <laughs> uh, I'll go Bryce in Philly. Uh, we, we've, been say, we've been saying for a while that, I, that a big winner, at least in the short term, is Carson. Yeah, that was your idea, and it was a great idea. He He gets a little bit – you don't get passed when you're the quarterback of the Eagles, but it's just – the off season to me becomes a little just maybe the guy, the fringe reporter <clears throat> goes oh they're playing the Mets we'll go to that game instead of going to OTAs and grilling Carson about if he's screaming at teammates you know or just just little things that I I, I it's it's impossible to quantify but we've been to enough of these things and see kind of where the media herd goes that it's 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 going to definitely help Carson's off season now once the season starts all bets are off but. Bryce is the number one story in the spring now instead of Carson. You agree there? Yeah. Yep. And Bryce can handle it. So Carson, it's not like all of a sudden it would be just a disaster. Like Bryce is made for the fucking bright light show. So it's just really he's more kind of box office than Carson. Now Carson's more is as a player, but just as just in front of the cameras every day, you probably you might get some fun out of Bryce. You don't really get that with Carson. Uh, speaking of the direction the media thing is going, and maybe just the real NFL thing, I know you're texting buddies that are at the NFL uh, Combine. Uh, Kyler Murray, at this point, would it be a surprise? the way they, By the day, this thing seems to stack up. And we'll get to the Cardinals aspect of this, too. But would you be surprised at this point if Kyler's not the number one pick? Because I'm, I'm getting to that point. I used to be 50-50. Yeah. Right now, I'm about 80-20. I, I think not only is he the number one pick, I think he's the Cardinals pick. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I can't text one person that I got the combine on in the background. You know, the running backs are working out. They're all sitting in boxes in the stands. They will text you back. That's sure the buzz here. Text, you know, DJ, who's fucking calling it, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it's just what everyone's hearing. Now, the Cardinals can say whatever they want. It, sh- it just feels, which is awesome for us. I keep thinking like, Listen, I like Rosen, but if you told me I get Jimmy, Russell, Kyler, and Goff, like, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> I, I, I'm watching all these NFC West games anyway. That's awesome. So I, I as a pers- on a personal note, yeah, I'd rather watch Kyler than Josh. And just as a football note, it just feels that's the way it's going, guy. It, it, it really, really does. What was your tweet to me, Statue of Limitations? Statue of limitations. That's an immobile quarterback. Yeah. You going to use that on Cowherd next time? 
But he, he uh, I, I will. The, the problem with statue of limitations for Josh is he's not just a statue of limitations. He's also an injury of limitations. He's Did just you, historically been hurt. We were going to kind of talk about him separately. Should we just talk about him together? Kyler and Josh? Well, because I think the reason I talk about him together is that um, I heard Bruce Burry say something, and it, it seems like, I don't know if you've heard it from this aspect, but I've heard this now just kind of whispered a few different places talking to people, that it's not... I thought that this was going to turn into Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray. The Cardinals invested in Cliff Kingsbury, so they might as well give Cliff what he wants. But what it's starting to become, I think, I don't think it's become this in the mainstream yet. The mainstream media, John, they're not talking about it like this. But I think this is what it is, and I think this is what it's going to become more. Did you make the shot? Didn't sound like it. No, I didn't even try. I just threw it on the ground. <laughs> um, I think what it's becoming, I think what's happening is that it tur- it's going to turn out. It's not Cliff saying, I want Kyler, I want Kyler, get me Kyler. I think it's the Cardinals as a group saying, you know, we did the test drive of Josh Rosen, and we'd prefer that that was a leased vehicle, and we'll happily get something else. We're just not as enamored with him as we were hoping we would be, and frankly, we kind of drafted him because we were in a position we needed a quarterback, and it seemed like, you know, that was the value. We had to go get it. But after having him around for a year, since we're in this position to take Kyler, we should do that. And it's not just about Cliff, but it's about that whole building's evaluation after a year of Josh on the field, maybe even a little bit off the field too. You know what? We're okay moving on because, hey, We've got this perfect situation. I This is, I think, going to turn out to be a little bit about Josh Rosen and not 100% Cliff likes Kyler Murray and we got to get Cliff what he wants. And the thing I heard Bruce Murray say on NFL Radio was, don't be surprised if they don't even get a second-round pick for Josh Rosen. And that kind of shocked me. As we've talked about this, I heard that for the first time. And I was like, you know, that's if you end up with a third-round pick, then whatever it is that you think of him – and how it's changed since the draft, then that's the rest of the league is in agreement with you. And that'd be I don't think that's an L. I think you still do it, but it's that's I did not I, I, I have not seen that coming. And if that's what it turns out to be, I'd be wow, that'd be an incredible twist. Well, you know what you got me thinking when you said that he's the Bruce and these I mean the NFL radio guys are fucking locked in. The coaches love him, the Murrays, the the Kirch you know, not Kirchin, uh Kerwin, Pat Kerwin. They they just they're, they're like insiders that just don't tweet it. They talk about it. And we forget because of the culture we live in, you know, what happened a year ago. But at this time last year, guy, the league kind of red flagged Rosen. Now, a couple teams liked him, but he was not some unanimously viewed as just not just a player, but the person. So think how many teams last year were like, eh, not really us. Yeah. And then it's and then. We talked about the other day. He didn't like the world. He didn't win rookie of the year or anything. So his play is just meh. Now it's hard to judge. Team sucked. But a lot of people were unsure about the human. Not a bad guy, but it's like, oh, he's kind of a pain in the ass. He's fucking opinionated. He just and he's hurt and he's he's, he's statue of limitations. And he might I, I be good, for- but we don't think he's great. Yeah, I think we forget what the league thought of him last year. He was the they viewed him as the fourth. Of the group, slash a lot of people off the field are like, yeah, I don't really want to deal with this guy. And so now if you think about it, if that was the case, and then he wasn't that good as a rookie, 
I'm going to give up a second round pick for a guy that I already, you know, thought was a, I would have drafted in the second round last year when I got him from day one. Right. Now so he's your, got your a point little is, wear and tear on him. If if it was 32 teams, if 10 of them were open to it, now it's five. Well, and think how about are you it. If I, get... if I, let's say I'm the Patriots, and I was like, you know, I would have if somehow he would have free fall, traded up and taken him, you know, I would have moved back and taken him in the first pick of the second round. Well, a year later, you just view it as a car. The moment, just because you buy a Mercedes, the moment you drive it off the lot, it loses some value. Once you play in the league, and it just it doesn't go up, it doesn't necessarily go down. But if your if your tape is just average to maybe even say below, how does your value then go up or even maintain? So I it's I think our first reaction, damn, they wouldn't they they'd get a third round pick for him. Do you think if we really take a step back as we're talking it out, it is that crazy? Maybe it's kind of normal. Well, let's say— Like right now, let's go through all three guys. If the Browns traded Baker, how fast would they get a first-round pick? Pretty quick, right? Immediately, yep. There'd be—the people would bid. Sam Darnold, heartbeat? Heartbeat, would they get, like, the second overall pick? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, heartbeat. They would easily get Miami or Washington or whatever's first-round pick. Right. Josh Allen, I, I still think they'd get a first round. I do too. Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I think it would be about where he ended up. I don't think it's gone up, but I don't think it's gone down. I think but the teams that would, teams, I think the I'm teams that liked him, them would have taken him. That's what I'm saying. I think whatever the group of teams that liked him was, they probably feel the same way. But he exact, but he definitely would go higher than Rosen. You'd think, right? Because at least he proved like he could function. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I, my first reaction is they would not get a first-round pick for Lamar Jackson. So okay. we're already in two for him. Yeah. And he was – now the, the situation was perfect and he can't really throw. But you could make the argument like teams might just he, – he just has a much higher upside if he can learn to throw yeah. accurately than Rosen. Like right. it's not that nuts even though it sounds as we talk – Originally, or you're just talking to a buddy like, damn, they can't get a third-round pick, or, I mean, a second-round pick. That's insane. But it's not that crazy when you take a step back. Well, think of it this way, John. Let's say that Josh Rosen played again next year and had the same year he just had. And when I say same, I don't mean that. Let's say he was healthy the whole year, but it just – it was – 20 touchdowns, 15 picks. Whatever we evaluate it, we evaluate it. Whatever this one was, it's just the same thing again. What would you get for him after that? I mean, worse because his contract's up. Yeah, so, like – if you think he's not much better than it was, then being a first-round pick last year really doesn't do much. I do think it makes it easier, though, to just bite the bullet and trade him for a third-round pick because you didn't give up that much. And because a lot of times you're like, why would you trade a quarterback who's going to play quarterback for you? Like the Raiders. You're going to keep Derek because who are you going to replace him with? Well, with Rosen, if you do take – the Kyler solves that problem, and you got him because you went from 15 to 10. If you had given up a first-round pick, so let's say they wouldn't have the opportunity to make Kyler, so right. it wouldn't. Let's say they had given up like two twos to yeah. do it. Yeah. That's a better example. Then they'd feel like we got to get a two back. Well, exactly. Or it's just like you know we got to make this work. But because, and this is where uh, you know, rich dad poor dad, they tell you the profit is made in the in the in the buy, not the sale. When they bought Rosen, they didn't spend that much. You know, guy. So it's it makes it easier to justify. Just fucking get rid of him. Now, do you want to get? I'd argue I wouldn't give him away for like a seventh round pick. I'd rather just keep man draft Kyler Murray. But if I can get a third round pick, you know, pick 
what, 64, so you're talking like uh, late 60s or something? Yeah, I might. Well, guess what? If they get 64, that'll be a better third than they gave up to get them. They traded 79 and 152, a third and a fifth. Well, think who went 79. It was a, it was Mason Rudolph, right? Because that's who the the Steelers used the Martavius Bryant trade to draft Mason Rudolph, I'm pretty sure. So to me, like anything better than 79, you go, eh, it was worth it. I mean, the whole thing, like, again, that's my, that's Kyler, my, the whole thing. I guess that's it. my overall point. Is yeah, you that, know, I'm with you. Now, I've just decided I'm now setting the number at where what they got, the third they had to give up to begin with. So then the experiment cost you a fifth. Would you totally you sold some jerseys? Oh, they gave up a third and a fifth. They gave up seventy nine and one fifty two. Gotcha. So the fifth, wouldn't you agree, means not much. Yeah, you can get you can take Gardner Minshew maybe with that one. Do you think you got to get Minshew in there with Kyler? If they take Kyler, they're more likely to kind of blow it up slash reset and just start over, or try to patchwork and try to win right away. What do you mean, like trade Patrick Peterson? Yeah. I think so. I mean, new coach, new quarterback, why not? Now, you do, like, the thing I would do is I would, quote-unquote, blow it up, and the first thing I would do is use some of the equity I get back to put an offensive line around the guy. That's what I'm saying. When I say blow it up, I mean maybe trade like Patrick Peterson. Hell, if you get, like, a second-round pick for David Johnson, now you'd say, why wouldn't you want David Johnson with Kyler Murray? But I'm just saying to get, like, multiple ones, multiple twos, and just really just restart this thing with young guys. Yeah, yeah. And because and, and, and kind of mold it to what Cliff has totally. viewed what he wanted. Because the one thing you'd say, and I bet Cliff would tell you this, I had visions of what I wanted to do at Texas Tech. This is kind of a Pat Hill line, but I couldn't get the players because I'd want that guy. And I, I know that I can overachieve with wide receivers and you know make guys look good. But there are defensive guys. I, I gotta have that guy would go to Texas or Oklahoma or he'd end up in the SEC and he would not commit to me. Right now. That's the great thing about the NFL, that you pick them. They, they don't pick you. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the hard part about playing. You know, the the Cliff Kingsbury truthers would say he he wasn't at a place, you know, that was advantageous to really dominating. Now, Mike Leach would say, I won there. That's fair. So I, I'm just saying if you are taking the defense of Cliff, because when you watched him, they never had a problem putting up. It felt like even more points than the league. They just couldn't stop, you know, a nosebleed, right? Right. Yeah. What was the, what, the one famous game that I remember? It was on Pac-12 Network. Was like the seventy to sixty-five Arizona State game. You remember that? Where the running back for I think uh, Arizona State ran for like three hundred sixty yards. It was like three or four years ago. It might have been Mahomes' year. It was stupid. They, they were. <laughs> I mean, it, it, both teams were in the sixties. I don't remember that game. Uh, you think it was Arizona or Arizona State? It was Arizona State. It was in it was in Tempe. The game they didn't. I, I think Texas Tech and them did, a couple years ago did a home and home. Oh, I'm sorry, Texas Tech. Yeah, I I thought Texas you were talking Tech. about Washington yeah, State. Tech. Yeah, because Kalen Balaj had seven touchdowns. I think wasn't. I, I think that was a Mahomes year. He was a starting quarterback. Yeah, it would have been because that would have been uh, 26. Uh, 17 16 or 17 it would have been 16 or 17 it would have been it would have been 16 yeah because they played the return game I think in 17 I want to say but Kalen Balaj had seven touchdowns I believe Demario Richard was the other guy and he also had a big game what would you imagine as I look at the game logs 
that Patrick, how many touchdowns Patrick Mahomes threw that game? Does that eight? I don't know. <laughs> eight. I'll go with eight. He probably They're ran short. For- yeah, yeah, they must have ran. Uh, I, I just got his line. He was 38 of 53, 71%. He threw for 540 yards. He had five touchdowns, but he did throw two picks. He also had a rushing touchdown. Did Kalen Balaj have seven? Do we have a score? The score of the game was 68 to 55. Okay. Yes, I do. Sorry, I thought you were talking about a Washington State game, but this I remember. Do you have the box score, the rest of it? I, I do. The Yeah, DeMario Richard had five, maybe? No, he didn't have any. Oh. Uh, Belage had seven. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, five would be yeah. crazy. That'd be. Wow. I do because Belage finished, I think, with like whatever. That was like. 70% of his season's touchdown total, maybe more. Pretty entertaining game. first half, 37 to 34, wouldn't and, you say? <laughs> how, so how many – what was the yards between Richard? Because I bet DeMario Richard had more yards than Kalen. Well, maybe he didn't. Uh, Balage. yeah, he only had 137 yards. Yeah, and, and, touchdowns. and did DeMario Richard have more yards than him? Mm, uh, no, he had 109. Okay. Wow. But he but he might have caught some balls too. Yeah, not really. Big fantasy day for Kellen Bellage. I mean, Jesus Christ. Guy went seven, 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 nine, fourteen, nine. Were there any punts? 16, 16 14, 21, 16, 23, 21, 30, 21, 30, 27, 27, 37, 34, 37. Halftime. That's <laughs> <laughs> some fucking touchdowns. Yeah. No overtime. Going uh, into the going into the fourth quarter. It was fifty-one to forty-one. That's pretty nuts. Even in it, I mean, even in college football. Um, the one thing I think I should say about Rosen, or we should just to address, is like the evaluation after one year of Jared Goff. What would you have gotten for him after if the Rams had traded Goff after one year? What would they have gotten? That's a good question. Yeah, that's that's a fair comp. I wouldn't you say they're a little different in that Goff never had an injury history. Goff's personality was as easy to deal with as anyone. So mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot of people in the league had him as a positive character. That, that's that's the element. That's the elephant in the room on on Rosen. Not that he's a bad character guy. He just turned a lot of people off with his opinions. Yeah. And again, if you're doing a podcast, opinions are great. But do you think they'd get a first round pick for Goff? After the Jeff Fisher season? Yeah. I think it's fair to say that that might have been a challenge. <laughs> but it's hard to say. I, yeah. I, yeah. I do think a lot of people liked him. Yeah. So would if you were a team, would you have given like a mid-20 pick for him? It wouldn't have been that crazy. Right. So now, was, like, many people thought it was the worst rookie year ever. But the people that liked him going in probably – there were more people that liked him more than the number of people that liked Rosen and by how much they liked Rosen. Yes, the the 100%. love was hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, one guy was the number one pick, the other guy was the fourth quarterback off the board. Right. Now, do Goff, Wentz, you throw him in that next year? It feels like Dorsey might have gotten Wentz, don't you think? If those two guys were also in the next quarterback year, you're saying uh, Dorsey? Would I guess it. Was, I guess it was Baker. two. I guess. I guess it was two years removed because right. then there was Trubisky. But you're whatever. just saying Wentz would have been the guy. <clears> yeah. Baker. Let's say th- those two guys are in the quarterback class that Dorsey's running the draft. Does he take Baker or does he take Wentz? I think he takes 
Wentz. So the question is, does Goff go ahead of Darnold? I would not have, but I wonder if there are people. Dar- Darnold is one that I think people might have been turned off by the football. Yeah. They just think he's maybe a little overhyped. But Goff might have gone fourth in that. In the, in this combo draft, Goff might have been fourth. Baker had yeah, him? Yeah, do you think the Bills would have taken Jared Goff or Josh yeah, Allen? Might have been fifth. Do you think the Bills still take Josh Allen? I mean, it's pretty hard. Like, Goff's numbers. <laughs> People would have been like, what? <laughs> yeah. It does feel, though, that the Josh Allen buzz was strong, right? A lot. I remember I went to the Combine last year. And, I mean, I'd put the one guy that told me this. I mean, he's going to be a GM one day for sure. And he was like, bro, because he just watches my shit on the internet. He's like, you're fucking way too hard on this guy. You, you need to watch him. I'm like, I did. I watched against him. It was terrible. He's like, fucking dude, watch some cut-ups or something because he's awesome. And then I remember you saying, God, you got to watch his E60 or whatever. He's sweet. You just – a lot of people in the NFL liked him. It was Twitter hated him. I, I'll raise my hand. I did not like him. People didn't just like, they kind of loved. Yeah. Just because of the, they viewed him like an NBA prospect. Like, God, the fucking upside. Well, you know what? Now, such... Go ahead. You know, sometimes upside doesn't hit, but it, it is indisputable when you're that big. Do you follow Jordan Palmer on Instagram? Mm, uh, on Carson's Instagram? Brother? No. Well, you know, he, he trains these guys every year. Yeah. Well, he trained last year Josh and Sam. Well, they've become really tight, and Josh must spend now his summers out in L.A. That those guys, like Josh and Sam, helped out whoever his crew of guys is, like Tyson Jackson, True Lock, and you know Daniel Jones or whatever the crew of guys he's training this year. Well, those guys are with him every day because they're just training, you know, just probably staying sharp. And there was a clip probably a couple weeks ago where they must go on the field, then they go to like Jordan's house and do some film study. And he has Josh and Sam lead him. It's kind of smart. And if you're those guys, and Josh was leading like what he was looking for, and was like, God, that's, I, I like this guy. Hmm. I'm a Josh Allen fan now. I, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm rooting for him. All right, uh, another guy that seemed like he was the consensus number one guy. A lot's happened. Joey Bosa. Will he even be the number two guy, Middlecoff? That's where the Niners are drafting. And the good news with Kyler Murray, and we saw Gruden the other day on. Uh, I guess that would have been NFL radio, but we saw the clip on Twitter. You sent it to me, him saying Kyler Murray's not going to be there at four when the Raiders draft. Um, but the, if Kyler's going number one, great for the Niners. They're going to have the pick of the litter. And uh, is it going to be Joey Bosa is probably then the next big question after Kyler Murray. Let me – Bosa measured in this morning. Okay. And – let me just see what his numbers were. He was 6036, 266 pounds, and 33-inch arms. Josh Allen was 6047, so almost 6'5, 262, so basically the same weight and a little bit longer arms. So one guy's just longer than the other. I think Nick Bosa's I saw Grant Cohn, who's actually doing a pretty good job of every time one of these young Have defensive I been saying Joey Bosa? Maybe. Uh, we, we know who you're man. talking about. Okay. That Nick Bosa's measurables are almost the equivalent to Chris Long when he came out. And people forget, Chris did go number two overall. Like, he was a big-time prospect coming out of Virginia. But he, you look at him now, like he's a, he had a solid career, but he never was the number two overall pick. But he's a little smaller, quick, and now he's just a backup. 
I I don't know, man. I I, I my guess right now, my hot my hot draft take, my way too early hot draft take, is that the 49ers end up with Josh Allen, not Nick Bosa, if they stay at two and if they take a pass rusher. I feel like we went through some mock. Maybe it was the Joe Fan one where they talked to 17 people, and more, most people had Bosa, but there was a healthy number of Josh Allen. And I wonder, one thing I was thinking about when you're listening to you talk about it was, like, and and tell me if this is only this is a half baked comparison, but Khalil Mack, not in terms of the type of player, Khalil's stronger, um, but just in terms of like Khalil was the fifth pick, and by the time the draft rolled around, the people that thought he was going to be the best player in the draft, there were a few of them. Mayock was probably the most notable public big name person that said this is the best play. This should be the Khalil Mack should be the number one pick, which was saying something because. Kind of like Nick Bosa, we'd be pre- we'd been preparing for somebody else to be the number one pick for a while. Like everyone just accepted the year before, Jadevian's going to be the best guy. Kind of in the way that we've been talking about Nick Bosa for a while, and then there were some people going, "No, the best guy is this guy from Buffalo." And so here's this guy from Kentucky. The difference is, Kentucky might not be the football program of the SEC, but it's still in the SEC. So and they were good. Is, they were good this year, guy. They they won nine or ten. Yeah, games. they were, and they were good this year. But remember, like the big tape for Khalil was Ohio State. He so kicked like, their ass. He had three sacks. Just the the production for both these guys is off the charts. I also think Clowney. So what like, do you think oh, of that whole thing? Well, I I think that year Clowney had some Bryce Harper thing to him. Like he was so famous. Yeah. And and then he measured in guy and he was six fucking five. He had thirty five inch arms. Remember he ran like a four or five. Like he was an elite prospect. If you redo the draft, Houston goes Mac, but does Clowney Clowney's still a top six or seven pick? I mean he's he's a franchise play, he's going to get franchised or paid. One of the two. But to me the difference is is that Allen is more clowny in the sense that he hits the measurables. He's more like Alden Smith. Grant Cohn tweeted out like his measurables are almost equivalent to Alden. Oh, it's yeah. And and Alden like Allen, you know, Missouri, like you said, Kentucky. It's not. It doesn't jump off the page. Now South Carolina doesn't naturally, but they had a stretch of like two or three years with Spurrier. They felt kind of like a rock star program. Is that fair to say? Yes. They were just producing, you know, the Gilmores, the Lattimores. They were just produ- Alshons. Like, they were producing legit dudes. Kentucky is not on that level. Neither is even Missouri. So, when I look at I, – I just think the Niners, if all things are equal, will go with the guy that's a little more productive, that played through. You know, whether it's fair or not, he left the team and he took off because of an injury. I don't blame him for doing it, but that happened, you know, and that's his brother has done kind of some weird shit. Now, his brother is an incredible player and is so good. You just look past it, but you can't if you draft Bosa and then just, some, you know, there's a holdout and, you know, it's just you got to get ready for some weird things. I'd say with Josh Allen, at least everything I've heard and I got to dig in more on it. I don't think there are any red flags with him as a human. Not a soul, not one. Now, that doesn't mean that he wouldn't also hold out or he won't milk it. You know, you never know. But I do have a I, – I do know when I say Bosa, 
the the first thing that comes to mind is not just ass kicking pass rushers. It's God, they are they they're a little different cats, you know, the Bosa family. Right. You know, like the one thing when I say the Watts, when you just say the Watts, Derek, TJ, and then obviously JJ, you feel pretty good about having a Watt on your team, right? JJ's you know kind of a celebrity, but they are like TJ's. I don't know, the best Pittsburgh Steeler defensive player. Uh, Derek is an awesome fullback for San Diego. Like, they, you get a Watt. If they had a brother in this draft, they would get a lot of credit for being that family member. You calling the Bosa's the Bulls? No, because they're good, you know? <laughs> they're the but best. Th- there is something to that if all things are equal at the top. Like, yep. Nick and Joey... I think Joey proved because when Joey was drafted, I think we all went, damn. I thought he was going to go seven or eight. I didn't think he would go three. And then it was clear once he started playing, God, Joey Bosa's really good. And then the hype on Nick, who was probably just as good as a college player as Joey, and it, everything was going perfectly, right? And I talked to a buddy in the league that was saying, you know, if you talk to the program, they tell you, Joey had a red flag that he was a huge partier, him and Zeke. And those two guys are a great example. They're so fucking good, no one gave a shit. They went three and four. <laughs> I mean, Zeke got suspended for some like, – no one cares. They're, they're so good. Nick, actually, I've heard is much more low-key. And just – you don't have to worry about that stuff. So I, I, I'm not saying it's a negative. I, I just think if they're all – if all things are equal – it feels like Josh Allen, and people will look back and go, remember the hype train on Clowney, and it should have been Mac, that this guy was a little more under the radar, that we feel more comfortable taking him. And I don't think you would get necessarily criticized. I'm not saying that any, you know, that John Lynch would care about that. But if the Texans would have taken Mac over Clowney, it would have been pretty nuts, right? Yeah, it, it would have. Yeah, it would have been a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, it would have been ballsy. It would, and we. I and don't to their credit, there was a time when it looked like, oh my god, that was cl- that was a mistake, and then it kind of came back to, okay, you you, it worked out okay for you. And now, when you watch Clowney, I mean, he just tosses people around. So he, I, I would still take Khalil, but they don't really get criticized at all, and they shouldn't. Clowney's an excellent player. Is he Khalil Mack? No, because he's not quite the pass rusher, but he is borderline unblockable. What I like about Josh Allen is when you play in a league like he played in. And you don't play, and you can make the point like for Alabama guys, like it's tough because you just surrounded. Not and Kentucky was good, but you're just surrounded by just NFL dudes everywhere. This guy put up 17 sacks. The one thing games. I will say about that is that did, uh, did nine of them come in one game? No, that Mel Kiper or someone said just your example on Alabama. Yeah. Maybe it was mid-season. It might have been Gary Danielson or whatever. I just remember watching an SEC game, and maybe Kentucky was playing Tennessee, and they were beating the shit out of them. And and whoever the analyst was, or maybe maybe Mel Kiper was talking about it the next day, was like, it looks crazy on paper. Like, damn, Kentucky's this much better. But everyone will understand when the combine comes around and Kentucky has seven or eight guys at the yeah, combine. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they had an, Now, Josh Allen was their best prospect, but they had a legit squad. I mean, I think it's... One of the best squads in the history of the program. Uh, there's no doubt. I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm just saying the guy had 17 sacks on a team where he was clearly number one on the scouting report. I think there's a chance, guy, that if the workout goes really well and Kyler Murray wasn't in this draft, 
the buzz after the combine would be, can Josh Allen go one to the uh, Arizona Cardinals? I think that's where it would kind of be headed. So but we've Kyle, talked a lot about the Niners. Like, God, it'd be great for Kyle. I like that he has an easy name to say, too. You know, <laughs> it would be it'd catch it. So does Bosa. I, Either of Yeah, I also like that he's like the long, that he is the long kind of just the, the speed edge rush guy that the best guy we're talking about is not, a, you know, like, well, he's. He's the dominant interior rusher. Like that's would you would you rather have Peak Alden if he was a high character guy, or Peak Khalil Mack if he's just Khalil Mack? Let's say Khalil Mack was you could put Khalil Mack's soul and mind in Alden Smith's body, so you and and you keep him in his own body. Which player would you rather have? I mean, I think I'd still rather have Peak Khalil Mack because Alden was pretty fucking good. But but he gets to the quarterback and he is unblockable against the run. You, were you at with me at a practice? Who would you? Might do? have been Tom Sula's year, and it felt like Alden kind of got his life together. And there was a play where he just like chased down Cavern, and you're like, "Oh my god, he looks fantastic." Who would you take? I mean, I, 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 I think it's closer than I, most people would just think. I mean, guy Alden was a twenty sack guy. I know it's insane, and a and a dominant force. Oh, and so is Khalil. I mean. Alden would have been again high character a ninety million dollar guy, yeah, easily. I, I think this is working out potentially though for the forty. I just, I just, tend, I just tend to go with bigger players. I, I'm not saying that's necessarily right. I just lean. I'd take the taller guy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can understand. I guess it's hard for me to separate Alden from Justin Smith. You it's know. also hard to separate Alden just from everything. Well, I'm having a hard – for me, it's just about, like, I know, like, part of that was Justin Smith was right there, and that's part of what made it so amazing. Um, Land, Bowman, Willis, uh, Ray McDonald. <laughs> he had some help. Yeah. Uh, but this is – I was just going to say, it's – it's um, this might be better than Kyler Murray being number one but the Cardinals loving Josh Rosen – because if Kyler Murray's great and someone wants him at two, you trade back, it's fine. But then you don't end up with the best potentially pass rusher in the draft. Because you're not getting Bosa. You're not trading back to four and getting Bosa in all likelihood. Would Guy Haberman rather have Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry or something? You know, Let's just use Nikhil Harry because we can visualize it at 36. Or Rashawn Gary and Odell Beckham. Oh. Well, I like Rashawn Gary least of all those. Well, I mean, I no, I mean, I like him more than Nikhil, but let's just say let's just say it turns out Rashawn's going to be a good player too. Oh, okay. If he's going to be a good player, let's say he... all four of them. Odell's going to be Odell. <clears throat> Allen's a stud. Gary's a stud. Nikhil Harry's a good player. You I mean, probably oh, big picture just always go the younger guys, right? But that's the that's the easiest way to. But is Gary al- is Gary almost as good as? Yeah, I mean, here's the problem. So my first reaction is Gary and Odell. But if you're telling me I end up drafting a pretty good receiver, like a Pro Bowl level receiver, yeah, it, okay, that's it, hard. Like does and Nikhil Josh Harry? Allen, become... but, but Josh Allen's like still better than Rashawn Gary. But Rashawn like, Gary's also Nik- good. Does Nikhil Harry become Devontae Adams? Because if he does, then you just rather have right. Devontae. Adams. Is, I think you could argue Devon- is Devontae Adams better than Odell? <laughs> you know, if he becomes Juju Smith, yeah, give me Juju. Um you think Nikhil Harry's going to be a good pro? I don't. I think so, but I, like Devontae is the guy that I always compare him to, just because of the size, and it's he's not like a burner. Um, but he's Devontae, got really good hands. Devontae's feet guy are just stupid. 
Like they're so fast. He can't run, but he has become. He's worked with our our guy Keith Williams for. He's oh, just yeah. such a good route runner, and he's just uh, he's come into his own. Like he's no one views him as a top five five wide receiver, but I, I think it's very fair to say he's like in that six to eight range. Yeah. I mean, just fucking just look at the numbers. I mean, they're just he is a dominant force on a team too. That who else are you covering? It's, right. This is this isn't the '97 Packers now. Hey. You know, so yeah, if he became Devontae Adams, I mean, Devontae Adams has his last three years, 12, 10, and 13 touchdowns. Last year, he had 111 catches and 13 touchdowns. By I, the way, I don't know. John, Keel Harry would be that. We, uh, well, you'd bet against it. Um, but is he going to be a second rounder? I mean, that's what Devontae was. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just. At the time, I said, and I haven't repeated this in many years, that I would take Devontae over Derek. But that I I, st- I have stopped saying that because it turned out to be like oh you should probably just shut up with that take. But right now Devonte Adams has maintained a level of football that Derek has not. We should thank uh, the guys, the people, the folks. I don't know them uh, at Forty ers Web Zone who uh, retweeted some of our uh, stuff the other day um, or put out a, our conversation about Odell Beckham. Got a lot of people replying, so we appreciate everybody's replies to that. Um, appreciate it we like sharing share our content you're you are every any bloggers whoever's out there you are welcome to take our our segment links or the podcast and embed it go for it um send it send it to your friends along with the promo code ham hashtag steal away guy uh also middle cough could we promote your uh your youtube channel now oh you know i've had it for a while i've just i know set it but up now so you're, i can you're starting I, you're starting to promote it again yeah, well, I'm just streaming because I'm just streaming it live when I go on Periscope. Right. I so saw your, your it, setup is three cameras. How many cameras? I got j- just an iPad and then just a camera on top of it. So okay. just two. I've done you games know. with barely more cameras than that. So. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it tested my will of of technology, <laughs> but I, I I think I figured it out. It's, you did it without the Geek Squad. Well, he actually came and he couldn't figure it out. Slash didn't think it could work, and then he didn't end up charging me. And then I just texted around, and I it can work. He did one thing he recommended, and I I, bought, I got a new iPad. Hashtag open box. So I didn't I didn't pay that much for it, and it's really actually kind of complicated to use relative to the older iPads. But the camera's a lot better, and it just it kind of it helps out a little yeah. bit for the uh, my e signage. Awesome. All right, go go check that, people. Yeah. Go so uh, come come get it, baby. Holla at your boys. Have a good weekend. Later. Peace. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 